This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What Billy up. This is the game. Yeah. It's a uh, cat and mouse. Smoked a turkey. <laughs> yes. He is down. He is freaking down. Said he shot an absolute giant. Phone session, baby. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Fall Obsession Podcast. I will be your host today, Nick Powell, Media Production Manager with Fall Obsession. I'm here with a few good men, one being our very own CEO, Sam Thrash. Sam, how's it going? Just Sam's fine. You don't need to put nothing before that name. Oh, there's definitely something before that name. <laughs> uh, then I got a couple of special guests. They were on last week's podcast as well, Waylon Langford and The Chance Nelms. What's up, guys? You got a V before your name now. <laughs> That's how much of an impression you, you made last week. So, so today uh, we come to you guys uh, very thankful for our sponsorship from Elite Archery. They uh, have really helped us out. We couldn't be more happy with our, our products from Elite. Sam, I know you're shooting the Cure. I'm shooting the Ritual this year. And, guys, these bows are awesome. Go to your local bow shop. Check them out. Uh, you can actually go online, EliteArchery.com. Check out. Uh, they have a custom bow builder. You can build uh, whatever bow you want. They have been great so far. So I couldn't be more happy with them. Highly recommend. Very good products. Very good, very good bows. So today... I hear you guys got some stories for us. Yeah, I don't want to date <laughs> ourselves, but we got some stories, yeah. 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 When you live this long, yeah. you're bound to have something. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I call it wisdom. There you go. Not, uh, not old age. It's nothing but a state of mind. Right. Um, but guys, right now we are we're being hosted by by Chance. He has graciously offered up his man cave, which is absolutely incredible uh chance thank you very much you're welcome bud that's part of that's part of what brought on 
one last week's episode where we talked about the environment that you guys normally hunt in and and what's different about it and, and some of the success that you've had over, over the years out there. And then in between the break and us planning out this episode, Chance is over here just telling us about yeah the story behind this one, the story behind this one, the story behind yeah. this one, and that's what led to us recording this episode. Yeah, so we mentioned it last week. There's 12 deer on the wall plus some some skull mounts, three gigantic pigs, a goose, about a dozen fish, a couple of bobcats, rattlesnake skins. What else we got in here? Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> insane, guys. This place is crazy nice. We'll post some pictures uh, if, if Chance doesn't mind. But uh, he was telling us just some wild stories about some of these deer, some of these hogs. And I'd like to hear some stories about some fish, if you got some. Oh, yeah, some fish stories are always fun, too. That, that's one thing we didn't talk about very much last week was you are, you are quite the fisherman yes. in addition to your hunting endeavors. Yeah, I grew up fishing. Uh, that was my getaway on the weekends, man. I grew up in a little small town called Garland, Texas. It's basically East Dallas. Uh, you know, you got gangs, you got drugs and everything. But, man, I was a couple blocks from a greenbelt. Had about three miles of a crystal clear creek in the middle of Dallas, if you will, and that was my getaway. And it's mm. uh, where I love the outdoors, and that's kind of where my roots for fishing. Man, we did a lot of squirrel hunting down there too. We weren't supposed to, but whatever. In Garland, <laughs> in Garland, Texas. Uh, so don't let anybody tell you that if you're from this city, you can't be a country, because uh, I, I found a little piece of country in in the city, and, and I loved it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I love fishing. I loved hunting. Uh, didn't really start big game hunting until, uh, geez, I was in my twenties, I guess, before I shot my first deer, but I grew up bird hunting and fishing. And, uh, so yeah, I got a passion for all of it, but yeah, some crazy nice. stories over the years. So, and I don't want to date myself, but, uh, I guess the most dangerous one we were talking about hog hunting and this was before you could carry a pistol, you know, you couldn't have your concealed weapon with you whenever you were bow hunting so that kind of shows you how old i am but anyways man i was one year was on some good deer uh had some good hogs coming in as well had a little oat patch you know that little sweet spot in the woods and and uh i was walking in one evening and i could see some uh some hogs and i kind of started doing my my sneak on them trying to slip up on them to get into bow range and of course that was that was kind of when i was a little younger and i wasn't really experienced and I didn't have the wind right, but the little hogs took off, and I thought that was it, so I kind of kept slipping down to my stand, and when I did, I, I heard something in the brush kind of next to me, and, I, and there was cattle in the place I was hunting, so I thought it was a calf, but it was a, it was a giant hog that was bedded down underneath a pecan tree, and whenever I got it's about 10 yards from him, he stood up, woke him up from his nap, and, he, and I was already downwind from him, so he didn't really know what was going on, but something woke him up, and mm-hmm. he, so he was on the alert, but anyways, I got an arrow in him, Got a clean uh, pass through, and uh, man, he whirled around and took off. And I was like, "Well, that's going to take a little while because this this was the biggest hog I'd seen at the time." And <clears throat> went on to my stand, and uh, it was a slow, hot, you know, early bow season evening. So I got impatient because I, I'm, you know, I couldn't get the cutters on this thing out of my mind. So I just decided to get down out of my tree stand and, and go find my arrow and and try to find this, this trophy hog that I thought I killed. So got next to that pecan tree where he was laying, and, and man, it, that arrow was right there sticking in the ground, you know, covered in blood. Just 
what you want to see with that you know that red arrow and mm -hmm. good blood trail and i was like man he's got to be here somewhere so i started trailing him you know we talk about how tough these animals are and man hogs are probably the toughest and those mature boars are probably smarter than any mature buck you'll ever hunt as well but yeah absolutely so, anyways got on the trail the trail got thicker got thicker if you guys have ever been in a briar patch you know how thick that can get and so all of a sudden i'm down on my knees crawling following these little blood spots at this point not much blood trail anymore and uh for whatever reason i i still had that bloody arrow in my hand with my bow and and i'm on my knees and all of a sudden i i hear something and i kind of just look up and he's literally right there i mean not even 10 yards and geez i don't he was mad it's, it's <laughs> the uh <laughs> which i mean who wouldn't be you know? <laughs> yeah. but it was the classic uh fighting mexican bull standoff he's sitting there looking at me bleeding out of his mouth and he's stomping at the ground just and i could see those tusks and i was like man he's got me and like i said i was on my knees and i knocked that bloody arrow and i basically lean over and draw back and i'm now i'm on my knee and on my elbow and i i let it rip because he was about to charge it was just one of those moments where you knew it was so you shot him twice with the same arrow same arrow twice <laughs> i wish i had that arrow savage right there that is savage <laughs> but uh Jeez, another God willing day. He blessed me with a nice hunt, and uh, I didn't get killed. <laughs> but that, <laughs> uh, that second, one. that second shot with the same arrow, I slipped it in right, you know, between the the neck and that shoulder blade. So it it found its mark and it dropped him in his tracks. But mm. definitely a good thing. <laughs> one of those things where you're like, uh, fight or flight, or you know, right? Yeah. He he had me and. And I guess ultimately I had him, but it was a, a nerve-wracking little thing. But that's why we hunt. We like the adventure, and we get the stories, um, several of those over the years. But you never know what you're going to encounter out in the woods, you know. Did you end up weighing him? We tried to. The scale went to 400, and he was a little over that. So, wow. Uh, yeah, trying to get him out of there was, yeah, I didn't even, I couldn't even move him. So I went back to the house. I was telling my granddad about it, and he's like, whatever, son, you're, you got too hot out there or whatever you know <laughs> and i was like no we need the, we need the tractor uh, so we got the tractor down mm -hmm. there and it was a feat trying to drag him out of there because he was kind of back in that briar patch so we couldn't get the tractor in but luckily we had enough chain and we got him out but uh nice so he was like yeah over 400 pounds because he bottomed out that 400 pound scale wow but uh my granddad was pretty proud of me to kill that thing because there's no telling what kind of damage those things do we know what they do over the years for sure but he wasn't scared of me, and luckily I had enough uh, nerve left not to be Luckily totally you weren't scared of him either. Yeah. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Unbelievable, though. That shows how tough those things are, oh, man. Oh, man. And like I said, those things are so dang smart. Yeah. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think they get enough credit for how smart they really are. You, you really don't. Uh, and we talk about where we're hunting at now, being so open. You see a mature boar come in. Last season I had one come in that was, was a pretty nice hog, and he circled had deer at the feeder he circled the feeder five times i don't know if he could sense me there or whatever there's no way i was you know i was downwind there's no way but he circled that feeder five times the deer got spooked from him and he never even came in wow uh, so they got a sixth sense and mm -hmm. a different a different uh drive to survive but they're definitely smart yeah and they'll get after some i think they're, they're we had a podcast on hog hunting, hog hunting at yeah. some point, and uh, 
I discovered that I was a stats guy. You were the that, stats guy in that, that podcast, yeah. and I researched that they're actually omnivores, so they eat, you yeah, know, plants and meat. Opportunist right. for sure. And so you were also telling us a story about how you've seen them, you know, get turkeys and yeah. So just being out there in it, uh, you get to see the behaviors and them chasing the fawns, uh, the younger does and stuff is crazy. I haven't seen them catch one, but I have seen them get, you know, those young jakes, those young, uh, those young turkeys. I've seen them run them down, which is crazy to think that they can do, but they're, yeah. they're big, they're fast. They eat whatever's in their way, basically. Um, so yeah, you talk about the damage they do to the, just the fields, but the impact they do to, you know, fawns, turkey population you gotta you gotta think they eat all the quail you even hear guys talking about uh the rattlesnakes getting smart with them uh guys getting bit by rattlesnakes that aren't rattling because the mm-hmm. hogs are eating those snakes and the snakes have adapted to not rattling it's crazy but yeah i mean they'll eat anything uh second hog story to kind of go along with that one was it was another big 400 plus pounder and i had a a giant hog come in and anyways it was he was probably three plus and i shot him out of my, my tree stand still early in the evening so i was just going to let him lay and and uh continue my hunt and then with a the bow or a rifle it was rifle hunt okay uh, and it wasn't very long probably 30 45 minutes later this looks like a volkswagen beetle coming through the <laughs> through the hay grazer the crp field and it didn't even look real i was like what is that and it was a, a bigger hog and he was on the trail of the other one and he came straight to him and immediately started showing his dominance and uh, just went to town on that hog that was laying there dead, just goring him. And I thought he was just messing with him, like, you know, beating him up type thing, but mm-hmm. I watched him for a while and he, he was eating that, that dead That's crazy. That dead hog. It was, Holy cow. It, was, it would have been cool to have on video because you could really see the destruction they do. But uh, anyways, that's you, another one I got. And you know if that was a, a deer, he would have done the same thing. Oh, yeah. Probably tore it up even more. No doubt deer, uh, a young calf. I mean, it, it, even if you're out camping, uh, yeah. you know, you hear of, of those hogs chasing down Man, other hunters and stuff. Everybody, you see videos of it, but you got to be careful out there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody talks about, you know, keeping your predator population in check. And, but, I mean, that's the population you really need to worry about is your hog population because that can greatly affect your, your deer population. For sure. Um, and I guess these hogs are so giant. You, we talked about last week that the uh, – the deer are giant out there. Yeah. 250, 300 pounds. And I guess these hogs are getting the same nutrition these deer are. Yeah, or even I would more, think. I guess. Yeah, because yeah, they, they have a, a wider variety of what they do eat. So. Yeah, it's definitely a problem we have. Uh, that hog population is getting, I'm guessing it's uh, countrywide now almost, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know what the fix is for it besides when you see one, shoot one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I know the, the guys we ranch uh, ranch with, we both run cattle uh, on family places, and the guys we hunt with, those guys that we lease from, they're always on us if we tell them we see a hog and didn't kill it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even more so oh, than really? a coyote, but very destructive animals. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, they're fun to hunt, and they're they're good eating. That's a lot of guys will say, don't true. eat them. Man, you can take a giant hog. You might not be able to get it out because of the size of them, but, man, if you keep a uh, box knife in your pack, you can rip those, those pork loins out real quick. And yeah. I don't care how stinky that hog is. Those pork loins are awesome. They're good. They're yeah. awesome. I like to say you never, it's not that you can't eat it. It's just that you haven't had it cooked right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you got to prepare your meat and take care of it. You can't just lay it 
in the back of your truck for days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> uh, well, I don't want to make this a hog hunting episode. If y'all want more uh, stats on hogs, you can go listen to episode eleven. There's plenty of stats in that in that podcast. But we can uh, let's move on to these crazy deer stories. Yeah, we got some crazy deer stories, man. Uh, so this one right here behind us. Yeah, start with this of... one behind us because you you gave us a little teaser off the air about okay. that one, and that's a. Uh, that's First a of all, what this thing score? You oh score man, I, I think if he would have been uh, equal on both sides, but his strong sides, uh, I think if I remember, it was just over seventy-five inches on the strong side, which is that left side, which is a cool story. Uh, but I'll tell the whole story real quick. So. Uh, Man, when you guys are out and about on preseason scouting, all that stuff, man, keep your eyes open because you never know what you're going to run into. So I'll, I'll tell this one they're talking about, but it's a, a nice, mature buck, uh, and he would have been a giant. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm out scouting, and I just happened to be on the same path he was on. And uh, at some point, a storm came through or a tree died or whatever. A tree had fallen on this guy, and you could see where it broke his back, and he was laying there dead. So it was a really cool find. Uh to find a deadhead of that caliber, let alone just to, to see how he, end of his days. Yeah, just the way he him. died was crazy. We talk about what he scored, and I was talking about that strong side. Uh, that weak side, um, I did some research and talked to a wildlife biologist, and you can see where this guy had another run in with another buck, or maybe he's double bad luck on another tree falling. <laughs> but the top of his skull is busted. And you can see it right there at the pedicle on his left side, um, the fracture. And it's, I don't know, it's a couple inches long where it fractured his skull. Anyways, the biologists are telling me if they have any injuries like that, they'll grow a funky horn. But um, he still grows the same amount of points that he would have been. So he's still a, a five point on that weak side um, is, is just the same as he is on his other. So he'd have been an awesome ten point. But yeah, a cool find with the broken back buck that had a, broken skull at some point as well um it's just a really a rough cool life. thing but you never like i say you never know what you're gonna run into um and that just talking about that it reminds me of another scouting story in fact when we first got on that property uh me and my other buddy kelly Cato were scouting this place and we were going up the creek that we talk about that we hunt on a lot and and we're it's early early summer and uh we're just creeping along i didn't even have any weapon with me uh luckily kelly had one Anyways, we walked right up on this den of coyotes, and they had pups, and it was it was crazy. Like they were right there, and we we're right there, and it was kind of like the hog thing. Like, all right, who's gonna who's <laughs> gonna draw first? Type thing. <laughs> Obviously, a mama coyote with a bunch of pups is probably willing to die for her pups. And yeah. If anybody knows Kelly Cato, he can shoot a rattlesnake at 300 yards. But uh, anyways, he <laughs> he burned down those coyotes with his pistol. It's pretty cool memory of me. <laughs> But man, it's, it's always something. It's always fun. It's, that's what we do. It's for the memories. But yeah. Waylon's got some near-death experience as well. <laughs> hey, Nick. Uh, before you before you start talking, Waylon, did you ever introduce him? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Okay. He did. I, I was sitting here this whole time. I was thinking about you know, Chance telling his stories, and you just kind of you and I kind of sitting here quietly. Right. I was like, I was really trying to think on whether you even. Yeah, mentioned I said everybody's here. No, I'm, I'm here. I'm I think here. you said old man Langford, didn't he? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, carry on. I, I had to check up on my boy here. Seventy-one <laughs> percent. I I let the twenty-nine yeah. percent get to me you can't on that, let that one. Sneak in on you. <laughs> if you guys are wondering what we're referencing here, go listen to episode twenty-one or twenty-two, maybe. I'm not sure. One of those. 
Anyway, I'm sorry. You have uh, near-death experiences, Waylon. <laughs> no, it, it, those are stories that you're really not proud of. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes those are the best ones to tell. Yeah, so the adventure starts, you know, when you get all your gear packed up in the truck and you leave the house, right? Exactly. So that's yeah. that's when the memories, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you lead up to the harvest, but there's a lot that happens in between. It, Everybody that excuse me, everybody that knows me and hunts with me, it's called the Langford Luck, <laughs> yeah. which isn't good. <laughs> uh, says the guy that has the county record. Yeah, I, I have right, and, and I'm not gonna call it bad luck. It, it's just not good luck, <laughs> you know. I, I'm known for any time I have a trailer or pull in a trailer, whether it be camp trailer. 20-foot flatbed, my cattle trailer, I'm going to blow a tire. It, it, I, <laughs> just just two weeks ago, I had four new tires put on. The tires didn't even have 400 miles on them yet. And bam, blow a tire. I, oh, actually, my gosh. Jeez. The, the hub locked up on, on my trailer. And, of course, it skids the tire because it's locked up. I look back. I got smoke going everywhere. I'm like, come on, man. Those are brand new tires. Right. Langford Luck. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, running through some rough just, terrain, it sounds like. Yeah, rough terrain for sure. I, and I don't ever know of another man that can say that he's driven an F-350 into a river. <laughs> yeah. I, I, <laughs> I'd like to hear about that one. Well, I guess if you if you want to talk about your uh, your death experience, that's probably got to be <laughs> the best one. Uh I'll get into that. I bought a brand new truck, and it was a '99 F3. Or no, it was a 250 F250. I had it decked out. I lifted it six inches. You know, back when I was young and stupid, <laughs> spent ukus of money on this thing. But man, I was so cool. Nice man. truck. Heck yeah. yeah. It, it was really nice. I had it for six months. Deer season comes around. Uh, I get up in the morning. It's it's drizzling, sprinkling, and when the way I had to get to my stand, I had to drive down, come up a hill, go down into a small creek, come up a big <laughs> side of a hill, and go to my stand. Well, when I did this for the past years and years and years. Uh, I think the deepest I saw that creek was probably a foot. Hmm. So when I go through like normal, nothing stand, wasn't nothing there. Nothing for a lifted four yeah. drive, no, four no, diesel. Not at all. Mm. I mean, I big truck, big I truck, know. man truck. I don't mm. even put that thing in four wheel drive. You know, I, Whew, I laughed. Blow through it. I laughed at that kind <laughs> okay. of. Thing, you know? So I get to my stand. It's still dark. And all of a sudden, it starts coming pretty good downpour. I'm in a nice box blind, so I'm nice, cool, dry. It never lets up. You know, I, I, I stay there, and I stay there, hoping, okay, it's going to let up. It's mm-hmm. going to let up. Well, it never does. So about 1230, I said, all right, I'm done. Uh, so I get out of my uh, stand, walk to the truck start to drive off and immediately just start sinking. Uh-oh. Yeah. 
So I'm like, what in the world? So I, you know, had to throw it in four-wheel drive. And I rutted it up pretty good trying to get out of there. <laughs> and so I come to the bottom of that hill where it crest where the creek was. And I thought, okay, I better get a running start to get up to the hill. <laughs> so I back it up. And I, I'm probably, oh, I don't know, 100 yards away from this, this hill. So I said, okay, this is far enough. And I'll put it in drive and I'll floor it. And I'm throwing mud. I mean, I'm going as fast as I can up this hill. And I topped it pretty fast. Well, when I topped it, I immediately just hit water. Uh oh. Yeah, that creek had risen about 15 feet. Oh my Whoa. word. So I go in. <laughs> And here's something you need to know is when your motor goes under water, it cuts off, which also cuts off all the electrical. So your windows don't work when you mm. roll them down. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm going in. I'm right off the bat. I'm scared to death. I know I'm in trouble. Water's not coming in yet. But water is, starts rushing out of my air conditioner vents. Oh, jeez. And about now I realize, okay, I'm like a bobber. My truck is like a bobber in the water. It, it's just going up and down. <laughs> and I'm going down this, this creek. Holy cow. So I try to open the door. It won't open. And my next thought is I, I'm going to shoot my way out of this thing. So, I grabbed up my pistol that's on my side. I kind of hide my face. And just as I'm fixing to pull the trigger, the truck hits a limb, makes me look up. Well, okay, I can go out my back window. So that's what I do. I crawl over the seats, open up that back sliding glass window in the back of the truck, and I crawl out. And I'm standing on my rear window the whole front end of the truck is underwater and I think okay now what and so I see the bank and I'm like okay I can make that and so I kind of try to give it a running start across my truck (laughs) and I jump and I make it so I'm on this side of the creek and I'm just sitting there and I'm just what in the world just happened what, looking at my truck sitting here floating down the creek. <laughs> what well, the heck? He's like a movie. Self-made hero. I mean, he had yeah. to yeah. himself, you know. Well, here, here's, <laughs> here's another bad part of the story is I wasn't thinking. I jumped to the wrong side of the creek. <laughs> <laughs> so you're still stuck. I'm still stuck. <laughs> and so I, I don't know what to do. Well, okay, you know, you've always been taught, if you're in trouble, if you're lost, three shots into the air, you know. I knew everybody at camp that didn't get up and go hunting because it was raining, they'll come get me. So I stand there, you know, pow, pow, pow. And I wait, and I wait, nothing, nobody comes. Pow, 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 I wait. Nobody comes. Is it pouring down rain on you still? No, right now? no. It stopped raining. It stopped raining. Okay. It stopped raining. 
Well, nobody comes. And I'm thinking, okay, the only way I'm going to be able to get to camp is walk around this big old huge mountain. And it was going to take me about five miles, a five mile walk around this thing because I, the creek, the way the creek ran. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm thinking, okay, what do I do? What if somebody comes? So what I did was I took off my coveralls that I had on and I hung them up in a tree. Because I... <laughs> Are these full body coveralls? Yes. yes. So it looks like a dude hanging up there in yes. a tree. Yeah. Old school coveralls, man. Well, I, in my mind, I'm thinking, hey, if they see the coveralls, they know that I'm not in the truck. So hmm, I, hang that's up, smart. I hang up Makes the coveralls sense. and I start huffing it. I probably got, I don't know, a quarter mile away, and I start hearing four-wheelers. And I'm like, okay, they are coming. By, th- by this time, it was probably 1.30 in the afternoon. So I turn around, start going back. And I'm walking through the woods, and all of a sudden, this guy, th- there was a down tree, you know how the ball of a tree will come out of the ground when it falls over uh-huh. well <laughs> a guy that I don't know steps out behind this tree <laughs> what the heck and he's probably 20 feet away from me and he steps out behind this tree nothing but his underwear on <laughs> what in the world <laughs> you know it, it's 30 degrees outside you know and this guy steps out and I don't know him and so I'm in shock. And he says, I bet you're Waylon. <laughs> what? I, I said, yeah, uh, who are you? Do you need help? <laughs> I said, here, man, take my coat. You, you look, you're freezing. Why are you all wet? Yeah, that's what happens when you jump in the river coming to look for you. What? <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, so his story was they got to the to the creek, saw my truck. Well, my coveralls had fell out of the tree. Mm. So nobody saw the coveralls. So, <laughs> so Dang it. They're thinking I'm inside the truck. Mm. And so this guy jumps in the creek trying to get to me inside the truck. Dang, what a guy. Hero. Yeah. He was a hero. Yeah, so many man. heroes. In the didn't story. even know you. Didn't No, he didn't know me. He just happened to stop by camp to visit somebody and they were there and they got to the truck and he jumped he took his clothes off and jumped in. And so we walked there. Everybody's there and on the other side of the creek, it's me and him on this side of the creek. Mm-hmm. And I look at my wife, and she is just staring at me. Just, oh, no. she, she, she just had this, oh, my God, look. You know, and I'm like, hey, baby. You know, and she don't say anything. She's just looking at me. She thought you were dead. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I said I'm okay. Everything's fine. I'm good. And she don't say anything. Well, come to find out that once this guy jumped in and found out that I wasn't in the truck, somebody else said, let's look for his body downriver. Oh, jeez. And I guess that just 
put her in shock. Yeah. When she heard that. Understandably. And so now everybody that was looking for my body downriver, they all come, you know, back up. Every, everybody finds out I'm safe. And so how are we going to get across this river? Well, of course, somebody has a rope. They throw it all over to us. The, the guy gets this rope, ties it around his waist, jumps in. They pull him across the river. I'm like, hmm, okay. Guess I got to do it. So I take my clothes off. <laughs> start throwing my boots across, you know. Throw all my clothes across this thing. I got two naked guys standing in the river bank. <laughs> yeah. And to uh, let y'all know, it's in Oklahoma, so. <laughs> Close to Arkansas as well. <laughs> well, I tell you, I, I jumped in, and that was the worst feeling I've ever felt in my life. I see how people drown when they jump into cold water. Mm. I, I I couldn't breathe. I couldn't holler. I wanted to scream at the guys on the bank that were pulling me across. <laughs> Hurry up! <laughs> and, and I just I remember also I did I had no strength. It took all of my strength away. Mm. I just knew that I was going to let this rope slip out of my hands. But unfortunately, they pulled me across, and so I, I crawl out, and immediately, you know, somebody throws a, a, they had a towel, they threw a towel over me, and I'm looking at the guy that I don't know who come to save me, who just jumped in the water, <laughs> and I'm looking at him, and he's got this big old smile on his face, and, I, and you know, I'm shivering, what are you smiling about? He says... You wouldn't have jumped in if you'd have known that, would you? <laughs> 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 and, uh, no way would I have jumped in that water. <laughs> I would have walked ten miles around to get back. Oh, That's hilarious. Word. That's it was a so crazy bad. story. It was so bad. And so you know everything's fine. My wife kind of gets back to normal. <laughs> you know. She, the, the mad part of me losing my truck hasn't set in with her yet. That doesn't set in until we get ready to leave, you know? Because mm. somebody had to take us home. Right. <laughs> uh, so I start calling the insurance company. Hey, I've sunk my truck. I don't know how to get it out. So they okay, we'll get a tow, tow truck driver. I'm like, no, you don't understand where this is. <laughs> no, 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 we'll, we'll, get, we'll send a big record out there. And so it's funny how I, my friend Kelly Cato keeps coming up on these podcasts, but he decides, okay, he's going to go with me. So we're going to meet this tow truck, tow truck driver in a city. And we pull up. Of course, he's not there. We wait and we wait and we wait. And finally he gets there. We introduce ourselves. Okay, we got to drive this far. So we keep, we drive and drive and drive. And of course, we want to pull over and get a coat. So we pull over, and this tow truck driver is mad. <laughs> How far are we going? And I'm like, oh, it's, it's just right down the road. Another 30 minutes. And so we get to the front gate of the lease. We get, we get to going down, and this tow truck driver stops. He says, I'm not going down that hill. I, I can't get down there. 
Well, it's right around the corner, right around the corner. Come on, come on. So we start going down there. Of course, he gets stuck. <laughs> <laughs> so now he's really mad. Well, of course, it's a tow truck, so he's able to pull himself out, back out. I'm not going any further, guys. And I'm like, you have to. We're right around the corner. He goes. Of course, he gets stuck again. He gets stuck three times trying to get <laughs> to my truck. And so we he, he did good by pulling himself out. We get to my truck. Okay. How The water had went down, and it's probably up to the... It, it's still in there like a cork, a bobber, but it, it went down to where maybe half the motor was still under the water. Hmm. And he proceeds to tell us, well, y'all need to get in there and hook that chain up. And I look at Kelly and I say, uh-uh, I've been in that water <laughs> once. I'm, I'm not doing it again. So he, he does. Kelly gets in there, gets it hooked up. And so we get the truck out of the river and we start pulling it. Well, he gets stuck. We go through this big fiasco. Get, get, we had to, he had to unhook my truck, get it unstuck, we hook it back in, and he, he, this guy is so mad at us, <laughs> and there, there was a, a place that he couldn't make the corner pulling the truck, and so uh, we had chainsaws, and I said, okay, well, we can cut down these trees, and it will give you more room. And so that's what we did. We had to cut down trees, make room for this guy to come come through. And I don't know what this guy was thinking. I know y'all don't know who Kelly Cato is, but the guy says, "Hey, I'm not going to get drive this truck out of here. Here, you do it." And he hands the keys to my friend Kelly Cato. Oh boy! <laughs> and so. <laughs> the, the tow truck driver and I go around the corner to make, and, and we're waiting on Kelly. Well, we hear, <laughs> and we just hear this tow truck just revving it. <laughs> Screaming. And that tow truck comes around the corner. It, and my truck is swinging <laughs> like a tuber. Yeah, exactly like a tuber on the back of a boat. And, and I, I'm just thinking, okay, he's fixing to slam my truck into a tree. Whoa! My truck's going sideways. He makes it out. He jumps out like, yeah, I, I do that every day. <laughs> <laughs> That is wild. <laughs> oh my that, word! And that that that's pretty much the story. We we get out of there. Uh, the insurance adjuster, yeah, he wasn't happy. Either, <laughs> that's a, that's everything worked out. Got another brand new truck. Uh, actually, lifted that one off. <laughs> yeah, if you guys haven't hosted uh, Kelly Cato, he's probably uh, the best storyteller that I know. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And a good buddy of all of ours as well. Um, I don't know if he's got another story lined up, but I got one I'm going to prod him to tell. And it uh -oh. involves Kelly Cato again. 
I'm see, yeah, I'm seeing a theme but, here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Kelly Cato hunts with us, or he says he goes hunting. Uh, he's usually the instigator of all these crazy stories. But yeah, There's a common denominator here for sure. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> Kelly Cato was, is, uh, he's blessed like the rest of us. But uh, this guy, I'm going to say tops the county record and got blessed with a desert bighorn uh, tag. And... And this, he got to bring somebody, and and Waylon got to go with him. And Waylon's got oh, a crazy wow. story because I, I think you actually that. broke your ankle. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so, no. <laughs> so this is a crazy, scary, uh, almost uh, a movie type scene. But I'll let him tell the story. I know, I know where you're going with that. It, 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 I'll try to make this quick, but <laughs> yeah, uh, the it started off. I got a phone call from Kelly and. He says, hey, do you know what a desert bighorn is? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, and I said, it's a big ram. He says, well, I, I just got a phone call. It's on my answering machine, and it's the game warden. And he said that the message was, this is Texas Parks and Wildlife game, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you need to call us back about uh, Texas Bighorn. And he tells me this, and I, I'm like, well, call him back. And he says, I ain't calling no game warden back. What's he want with me? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I said, I said, call him back. And so he does. I'm waiting and I'm waiting. So I get the phone call back, and he says, hey, so tell me about this Texas Bighorn. And I said, well, I don't know a lot about them. I know they're rare. You don't get to hunt them or anything. And he starts laughing, and he says, well, hey, you want to go hunt one? And I said, well, Kelly, you can't. You can't hunt Texas Bighorn here in Texas. He says, well, we are. <laughs> I said, what are, you, what are you talking about? And he says, I just won a Texas Bighorn sheep. And I was like, no, Kelly, you can't do that, you know. There, there's two tags given out a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one's given away, and the other one they bid off. Yeah, a, and it goes option. for a lot of money. Six I, figures. Yeah. I think that, that year, or the previous year, some guy paid like $120,000 mm-hmm. to hunt. And, and I told guys, I said, nah, you're getting messed with. You don't do Scammer. That. Yeah. <laughs> who, who do you think it is, you know? And he says, no, dude, it's, this sounds legit. And I said, how did you win this? What would you do? He goes, I bought a hunting license. And I said, what do you mean? He says, yeah, apparently in the state of Texas, everybody that buys a hunting license, they draw one person out of that state. And it, like, you got to know Kelly. He mm-hmm. wins everything. <laughs> yep. It's like the opposite of the Langford luck. Yeah. Dude. Oh, definitely. He definitely, <laughs> definitely. And so, okay, we're going to go on this Texas Bighorn sheep, sheep hunt. And so we do everything, do all the preparations, blah, 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 blah. Get out there. Uh, we meet the game wardens. Uh, there, there were six of us. The director of Parks and Wildlife was out there. It, man, it was just an awesome, awesome time. Uh, I've never hunted like that where in that mountain range where you do a lot of glassing, mm-hmm. find the sheep on, on the other side of the mountain, and then you do your hike and you do your stalk and try to get to it. 
Well, middle of nowhere. Oh, Van Horn is where we Middle are. of nowhere. Is that like West Texas? Oh, or West. Yes. Way, way over there, right? Okay. Yep. Yes. On day three, no, I'm sorry, day two, uh, I hurt my ankle. And so that morning on day three, when we start to hike out of the, hike, out, hike down the mountain to get to where you actually hunt, uh, our guide sees me limping and tells, tells us both, you know, you're not going to make it with that ankle. Uh, you need to go back to camp. And you, you guys are like like an hour and a half through the gate type thing, and that's like an hour and a half off the paved road? I yes. mean, you guys are literally in the middle of nowhere. I don't know how you could get any farther from anything. <laughs> I don't. So where they're hunting is, if you guys uh, were keeping up with the Texas Parks and Wildlife stuff, they they just had uh, the biologist uh, what, two weeks ago went down in the helicopter crash. That's mm-hmm. This is the same herd. They were out there uh, oh, counting okay. for the desert. So this area you. is in the middle of nowhere. It really is. Yeah. I, 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 like I said, I've never been any farther from anything Yeah. Well, until I was hunting there. So I agree, I'm gonna hike back to camp. So that's what I do. Here's, I think, the story you're wanting to hear. (laughs) This camp, our our house, I mean, it was was not the best. It was definitely not a big hunting lodge. Right. So they had just bunk beds, one right after the other. There were probably 12 bunk beds on each side of this place. So I go in, take my stuff off at the door, and I said, and I'm, you know, it's, by now it's probably 8.30 in the morning. I need some coffee. So I'm walking to the coffee stand. <laughs> I'm walking, I'm by myself. In the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> How, how far a hike was it from when you left the, the hunting party to oh it took me a good two hours yeah. to get back to camp jeez so I'm walking through this thing and as I'm passing these monk beds something catches my eye, corner of my eye and I just glance over and there's this kid he's probably six seven years old He's sitting Indian style on this bunk bed. <laughs> what in the in world? In the middle of nowhere. In the middle <laughs> of nowhere. <laughs> this little boy was not part of our hunting uh, camp, but I look at him. And <laughs> Just visualizing Wayland's face when he's looking at this kid. <laughs> this kid's creepy. Really creepy. Really Number one, it's creepy to begin with finding the the kid, but he's creepy just staring at me, and so I don't stop walking. (laughs) I just keep... like pulls his knife out, (laughs) just in case. I I just can't believe what I'm seeing, so I keep keep walking, and it's one of those you just keep walking, but your head turns. (laughs) You you never take your eyes off what what you're looking at. So I get to the stove turn around and I tell myself I I am hallucinating (laughs) so I turn back around 
nope, he's still there. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of eased back over to him, and, and it was one of those, are, are you okay? <laughs> and he don't say anything. He just stares at me. <laughs> so weird. I got goosebumps. like a horror movie. Yeah. yeah. It was, man. Hey, what's your name? Nothing. Like I said, he's sitting Indian style with his hands down on his lap, just looking at me. I'm starting to get freaked out. <laughs> yeah, I'm already freaked out. And finally, he comes around and starts talking to me. Who are you? Where? How did you get here? I'm thinking this kid has is just lost. I'm thinking I'm fixing to be a hero and <laughs> find, find the kid that everybody's looking for for three weeks. Yep. You know. Well, they ended up the the rancher. Who, or not the rancher, the, the foreman of the place. It was his kid, and the foreman had come to camp, needed to go do something, so he just left the kid at camp. And so that was <laughs> that's the story of, of the creepy kid. Holy crap. That almost killed Waylon. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that almost killed me because, oh, it was so creepy. And that's back when the movie... Uh, Oh, Boy, that's the movie that they totally. There are some me. scary movies out there that uh, always scare. I can't women. think of it. Like, like The Grudge or something the like grudge. that. That is. Yeah, that yeah. freaked me out. Yeah, that that. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> was exactly what that kid was doing from The Grudge. He was just staring at me, and, and it was one of those, for real. I didn't think this. What I was seeing was really happening. Mm-hmm. Because we're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> How did this kid? Set on oh and he was on my bed. Oh what? Did, no way. Yeah, no way. Twelve bunk beds. <laughs> no he picks way. your bed. He was on my bed. Dude. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So so that's the story behind the little seven year old that. Like you kind of wish you were hallucinating, so then you'd be like, okay, yeah, it's nothing, it's nothing, yeah. then you can get over it. But yeah. then I almost died because of that kid. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, insane. Oh my word! You guys will have to get with Kelly. Uh, on another episode or something, because the this that whole story tying in with the successful desert bear. I was gonna say we need yeah. the other half of it. Yes, and, I mean it was that mounts awesome that this guy did. Man, and you mounted his bighorn? Yeah. It no, I didn't mount. You didn't? I, didn't mount the big I thought horn. you mounted no, the bighorn. I put it on. Oh, you did the, the habitat. You did the habitat. I did the habitat. Right. Oh, okay. A big a big ram though. I think it was like just an inch or two shy of a Boone and Crockett. It was shy, just a massive yeah. massive animal. Wow. Once in a several lifetime. Oh, just yeah. because you get one tag time. Yeah, you yeah. think of how many licenses, licensed hunters there are every year in the state of Texas. Right. Oh and my then, word. And then yeah. Waylon, you know, broke his ankle and almost got killed by some rogue, yeah. rogue kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crazy desert kids. <laughs> yeah. So be safe out there for sure. Yeah. Right. Watch out for wandering children. Right. <laughs> yeah. You will almost die. <laughs> <laughs> Rushing rapids and wandering children. Yeah. Just so keep your eyes out. Just so everybody knows, there are around 1.25 million licensed hunters in the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. 1.25 million, and he gets it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he gets the one. Ridiculous. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll have to we'll have to talk to him and get him on an episode in the future for sure. And that was in 2017, so I bet it's more now. Wow. Insane. So that's that story. <laughs> that's quite a story. Those are good ones. Yeah, good stories, good times. 
Oh yeah. Don't ever forget them. And if you can, if you're a good storyteller, like we, I got, I mean, we keep talking about Kelly Cato, but that dude's, uh, he can tell a story. In fact, I so I showed uh, Sam a little thing over here on the wall. We talked about that big deer my dad got on another episode, and it, he wrote a little poem real quick. And like literally two minutes after my dad shot that deer, he wrote a, writes a, a little poem story, and it's just those. That's what keeps us going, man. Those mm-hmm. stories, those memories are awesome. That's what it's all about. What's our time looking like? We're we're good. Good. Definitely good for this one. Okay. <clears throat> I but, think we found the. Uh, Name to this podcast though. What? In the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. Yes. I know you got plenty of stories oh, we and can everything. Talk for hours for yeah. Sure. yeah. But uh, we're getting close to our time here, so we'll go ahead and wrap it up. But before we do, Waylon, I want to—you've been on the podcast before, but that was before we started the rapid fire questions. So we gotta, mm-hmm. we gotta ask you the rapid fire questions. So, question number one. What's your favorite hunting memory that you can think of? Any out of your entire, all the time yep. you've been hunting? I know exactly what it is. <laughs> and, and, and you would think that I would say my 200-inch buck. Right. Uh, and, and that is definitely a memory that I will die with, you know. Sure. And, Absolutely. And I remember it like it was still yesterday. It's <laughs> because you're getting old. That's right. But uh, <laughs> my memory is... is 2008 season deer hunting season uh my dad had just started hunting with me again and i wanted to get him a nice buck and not only did we go and get a nice buck but we hunted really hard that year and we got to travel to different parts of the state and he got uh, three nice bucks that year. Dang. Uh, one in uh, Chillicothe. He, he shot one there. Uh, and shot one in Vernon. And it started off with, it was a new lease. And opening day, or opening weekend, I shot a real nice buck. And so the next weekend, hey, come hunting my stand. So he and I are hunting my stand. And uh, I see a nice buck walk out. Hey, there he is, Daddy. Where? Right there in front of us. <laughs> look right on that tree line. He, he's standing broadside at that tree line. I don't see him. Well, the buck starts walking, or making a big circle around us. There he is, get him. I don't see him, son. <laughs> and we're, sta- we're in a uh, ground blind, a pop-up ground okay. blind. And so he's walking around, so now we're having to move his gun from this window to this window. <laughs> and he's on my right side where the deer is out on the left. And so I got his gun sitting right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I see the deer standing broadside, 80 yards away. And he's taking the same path that I'd shot my deer the week prior. Daddy. He's going to get away if you don't shoot him. Son, I don't see him. Where's he at? And at this point, the deer had stopped. And he stopped 10 yards before they go down into a draw. Mm. The week prior, I had shot my deer right there, and it fell down into this draw. Oh, dang. It's just real close. So the deer's standing there, and 
He does not seem, and, and I, I'm looking out my window to the left, and I just don't see how you do not see this deer standing there and wide open. <laughs> so I look, and I see, and I kind of lean forward, and I take the window, and I pull it, and, oh, there he is right there. <laughs> he could not see him because of a blind spot in the blind. <laughs> And That's so hilarious. He ends up shooting him, uh, and the deer falls exactly where my deer fell mm. the week prior. So that was the start of 2008 season. Well, we were able to go to uh, Benjamin, Texas. Uh, there's a story behind the deer he shot there that just would not die. Uh, he'd shoot him. He'd fall over. We'd be high-fiving in the stand. We'd look up. That deer, deer would stand up start walking my dad would shoot him again that deer would fall down we'd high five again that deer would get up and start walking <laughs> my dad shot him four times jeez hit him every single time every single shot when we skinned the thing was a kill shot right through the lungs tough wow that deer i mean he would lay there for five minutes while we were high-fiving even poured a cup of coffee waiting on the time to expire to go get him and we'd look up and he would raise his head up finally stand up dang gum yeah wow so he, he ended robot. up getting him uh and then the next week we uh go to fredericksburg uh and he was able to get another nice buck down there and being able to start hunting with my dad again after a bunch of years and for him to be able to bam 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 yeah it, it that's was, awesome it was a good memory with him and i think if you asked him what, what is your favorite memory he's going to tell you that season also really so that's yeah, awesome that's cool really, i think it's awesome really how nice. you know our dads a lot of our dads get us started in this yeah. this whole hobby and then it's cool that you were able to kind of paying back oh, a little yeah. bit it's definitely really really blessed i'm yeah. blessed to be able to do that for him oh 100 percent right. yeah awesome yeah. all right well uh, our next uh rapid fire question is what is a bucket list hunt that you want to do but haven't gotten to yet i think it's the same as yours and the same as chance i would love to be able to bow hunt an elk you have anywhere specific yeah, i want to go to colorado okay to get mine that's what I've always dreamed of doing. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That's an excellent, on the wall. Excellent choice. And then, last but not least, do you have any any advice, any hunting advice for our listeners out there? Other than not driving your truck into a river. Yeah, that's. Mm -hmm. a, you, what do you mean? Everybody has to do that <laughs> one. That's just a thing you got to do. That's a rite of passage, right, <laughs> right there. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, some advice I think what has made my success over the years is putting my time in mm. putting my time in uh, I'm not a, a weekend warrior kind of guy yeah uh, I, I like right now you know food plots mm -hmm. uh, I'm putting in food plots at my place right now yeah we should be starting not too long from now too yeah Mm -hmm. a week uh, putting the time in putting the work putting the scouting time in uh 
like I run cameras. Chance doesn't run cameras, but I think putting putting cameras out, you know, and that takes time, especially if you have to drive to a lease. Right. Uh, but I like to know what's out there because uh, I don't want to shoot something that is big, knowing that okay, there's something bigger. Mm-hmm. You know? so, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I like because then Chance will shoot it, the bigger yeah, one. He'll shoot the big one <laughs> every year. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's my good. advice. Just putting your time in, putting the time in, yeah. putting the seat, putting your rear end in the seat, putting your time in out there. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people will will uh, need to take advantage of that because, like right now, we live in a right now society, and we want to go out there and shoot a big deer in one day, and that's just not how hunting works. And if it were easy, everybody'd be doing it. Right. So uh, cool. Well. You guys don't have anything else, Sam. You got anything? No, man. I'm good with that. All right. You guys all good? Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having right. us. Hey, thanks for coming on, fellas. It's been uh, a, a real pleasure getting to sit here and talk with you guys. I'm really glad we all got to get in per- be in person first of all because yeah. we've done tons of over the phone podcasts and how you know as as good as it is to get some variety on the podcast, it's awesome to be able to sit here and and just chit chat with you guys and hear the awesome stories because hopefully in my lifetime we'll be able to build up some stories as cool as those so um thank you for hosting us too yeah chance. appreciate it chance we'll definitely do it again sometime yeah. especially and we'll get we'll get kelly on here too that'd Always be fun well, you yeah have you guys to, yeah. need to have him on as a guest he can by popular vote yeah right. yeah for sure <laughs> uh well thank you guys for listening uh to another follow-up session podcast yeah uh, if you haven't yet check us out on social media Go to our website. We have a, a lot of awesome content on there. Uh, we got reviews, recipes, articles, um, all kinds of stuff. You can look at our staff. You can look at our podcasts on there. We, you can check them out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you can listen to a podcast. They'll be there. Go check out our, our social media. I know I said that already, but YouTube. I want to I emphasize that. YouTube, uh, we got a lot of cool videos on there. Um, we got a... If they're not already running too, we got some cool giveaways coming up. So yeah, absolutely, you're not going to want to miss out on that. Some some big stuff about to about to roll out. So. Yeah, um, good call on that. And uh, we we won't tell Kelly about the giveaways. Yeah, yeah keep him out of the loop. If you do, you might as well just give it to him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening. We'll see y'all next week on another follow up session podcast. Catch you later. Bye. God bless. You.